There is only one thing on this earth more powerful than evil, and that's us. Hi guys, this is Charisma Carpenter from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, your favorite bitch on wheels. You're listening to Buffy Back Issue Bin. Welcome to the Buffy Back Issue Bin, the show where we go through all the Buffy, Angel, and Firefly comics chronologically. I'm Zach. And I'm Emily. We're back for Hellmouth Part Do. Do. How, how do you say it, French? Do. Do. Hellmouth Part Do. Yes. Everything I did was wrong. It's fine. That's <laughs> totally fine. Uh, what are we here it's to do? Fantastic. We are wrapping up Hellmouth, the second half. Yes. So this is another seven issues. Between it- Buffy, Hellmouth, Angel, then Angel goes away. <laughs> They're like, yeah, still the redheaded stepchild. Redheaded stepchild. There we go. Words. I know them. Angel can never break out, can he? It really just went away so that it could become Angel and Spike. But it had that one season, like post Buffy. They're like, we're here. Ah, oh, we're canceled. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And they're like, and now we have our own comic. Ah, oh, we got canceled again, so we could end <laughs> with Buffy. Ah, oh, just it never ends. <laughs> It gets much more respect than a lot of other shows. Yeah. All right. So let's dive back in to the Hellmouth. So we're going to be starting up with Buffy the Vampire Slayer numero 10. Switching languages here. Wow. I'm out of languages. Also, my Spanish is limited. Diez would be 10. There was an early Buffy episode. It was like 204 uh, Inca Mummy Girl where Xander's like going with over his Spanish. which is like Dorito enchilada. <laughs> I caramba. Is that like your Spanish? That's basically my Spanish too. I, I share a level of Spanish with Xander. I have picked up a small amount of Spanish from translating materials from Spanish into French. So I'm actually not that bad, especially reading anymore, of really simple stuff. But You should probably pick up Italian for when you need to do our dual citizenship test. Yeah, I will. It'll be fine. It's basically French plus Spanish equals Italian. Okay, cool. I didn't need to do that. As a native. Yeah, Come on in, foreigner. Join us. Luckily, we have a couple years for this all to happen. Poor Italy. Oh, yeah. We're recording this, like, I'm not even going to say at the peak of Corona. Whenever the this is the very re- beginning of it in Maine. Who the hell knows? I mean, by the it's time. It's definitely the beginning. I was going to say, by the time this comes out, all the information we have is going to be null and void. Completely different, considering how fast things are changing every single day. Guys, it has been the weirdest. I'm sure it's been the weirdest for you as well. So I hope you're all well out there. I hope you're all staying safe. That's our historical record. Weird times. Yeah. I hope that you're all well. We're well. Thank God we're in this bunker. We're in our house. We're in the basement. The bunker. We have some supplies. It's fine. You took over an armoire with non-perishables. Actually, you took it over with some perishables and non-perishables. It's just the potatoes. This is the only perishables, really. All right. All right, so what do we got? Buffy, written by Jordi Belair, art by David Lopez, colored by Ralu and G- every time. Is it, I think it's Ang Angulo or and Angulo. Angulo. I I'm terrible with pronunciation. That that's on me. I'm bad and I apologize. But we see Robin Wood after finding out that Kendra's a thing, cleaning the gutters out from his house. And he's reaching too far without moving the ladder, and he falls on his ass. And then Kendra's like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be my watcher. Also, move the ladder, dumbass. She doesn't say that. She keeps calling him Mr. Wood, which, like, freaks him out. Seriously, his gutter cleaning, this is 
a very simple task and he can't understand that he can't reach far enough to clean him out. Just walk down, move the ladder a couple of feet and you'll be fine. But whatever, Robin Wood is trying to figure out why he's a watcher when he's 16 and Kendra's older than him. And Kendra seems to know quite a bit about the whole Slayer life situation. And Robin. She's like, I know about your mother. He's like, how dare you? He, she's like, the council. He's like, oh, yeah, right. The council told you things. So while they have, Robin also starts sweating in this encounter. That's important to know. My God, this is the moistest issue you're ever going to come across. There's a across. lot of sweat that happens. So much moisture. We'll get to it. Perspiration. We'll get to why, but not <laughs> yeah. for a couple issues. So we cut away to Cordelia, who is documenting all of the devastation around her through Instagram. Or something similar. So meanwhile, Cordelia's walking to school, and... Uh, there's a really dark turn, and a boy named Luke kidnaps her to... Keep her in a basement. It takes a seriously dark turn. Like, look, I know, like, the mouth of hell has opened up and demons are pouring out, but there's a world of difference between, like, oh, look, a big scary monster and... Oh my god, like an actual horrifying human monster. Dear god, this takes a dark turn. Yeah, it's also not really a side that we've seen from these books before. Clearly the show Buffy took some dark turns. Season six. Was just a dark turn, the whole thing. Um, I mean, frankly, it's the last time like the rape thing was brought up. The rape thing, that's a bad way, whatever. It's an uncomfortable topic to talk about, so I'm trying to sidestep it. But we haven't really dealt with that very dark subject matter since season six, and they're ch- it kind of comes out of nowhere. Yes, yes. You know, gratefully doesn't happen, but... Right. And then we see Robin Wood, who is concerned about the things that are happening at the Hellmouth. He goes to the library to confront Giles. Who's also sweaty. They, ha- they just have a moist off. They both just yell at each other while Mo- sweating. Moistly. Basically, Robin doesn't think that Giles is doing enough to try and find Buffy. And Giles is like, who are you? Get out. I never want to see you again. And Robin's like, I will never get out. He's like, well then, young man who I'm trying to get rid of with every fiber of my being, detention with me so I have to see you more. Doesn't make a ton of sense. No, no. But both of them have a seemingly very heightened reaction to not what they're saying. Like It's they... Southern California. It's probably pretty warm. Because boy, are they sweating. So anyway, keep that in mind. We'll get there. Xander and Willow walk in. They're like, hey, I'm a half vampire and I'm a girl with a half a soul. And this is an awkward encounter, isn't it? And they all just talk about how nobody knows where Buffy is. And then they, Willow and Xander kind of bebop out of there. And we find out that Willow and Rose have, bo- have broken up. And that's that's just very sad. Rose is also pretty heartbroken about it. So after school we that day. We get some day, time with her where she's having an inner monologue and she's... On her way home, she's going to give some homework to this boy, Luke, who missed class that day. Which, you know, very convenient. She knocks on the door. Luke's not answering. So she lets herself in. It's really dark. She's like, hey, man, I came to drop off your homework. And then she goes down in the creepy basement to find him, which is not what my option would be. But instead finds Cordelia tied up and on a mattress. Bound and gagged. So, you know, Rose rushes over to her, pulls the tape off her mouth and starts to untie her. Stabs Luke with some shears in the back because he's like, oh, good. Now there's two of you to rape. Yeah. This is a really dark issue. Yeah. So, yes, Rose stabs him with some shears. Some garden shears. As um, he deserves. That All the way up to the handle, actually. Like, they go all the way in. And then he recovers from the garden shear, stabbing and tackles Rose. She's like, Cordelia, help. She's like, how can I help? My flipping hands are tied. I'm like, now is not the time to be polite. Yeah, he's in a lot of blood. 
and a lot of everything. He's in a lot of blood? Yeah, like he's literally in a pool of his own blood. I think you I don't think that's the sentence you were trying to go for. I feel like you're just trying to save face. I don't even know. <laughs> he's in a lot he's in a lot of pain and a lot of blood. He's just rolling in it. It's been a weird been a weird adventure. Corona. Look, so this guy Luke, maybe he's stabbed in the back. Maybe he's gonna die from blood loss because he's in a lot of blood. But they leave him in the basement. And he gets bricked in the head by a brick thrown by none other than kendra and robin wood and like who are you she's like i'm ken and robin wood's like she's kendra and then she gives a massive side eye she's like seriously dude um number one i didn't know that you knew what side eye was number two that's not a colloquialism of the youth that's side eyes a thing for everyone okay well it is a thing for everyone i just didn't know that you knew that that's what it was called sometimes you don't know the youth terms for things it's not a youth term i knew that's what you were going to say it's not a youth term it's an everyone term okay but my real question is how did kendra slash robin this know wasn't a tiktok a thing that i don't understand it's not a minecraft <laughs> or a that other game that the kids play what is it fortnite yeah that one is that on a system or is that on an app computer okay so is it is it like on steam is it a pc game i don't i don't understand video games okay I don't understand Fortnite. Okay. Me neither. Cool. But I know that the kids like it. It's free, but you can put you can buy things in Fortnite. You're like my sixty year old wife to my eighty nine year old man. I know some things. <laughs> Sometimes the youth keep me informed. Slightly more than me. Sometimes they also just go, We can't explain this right now. And then I go, Okay, that makes sense. I'll roll with that. But is, I mean, what is for is real. Fortnite around like the actual term like a Fortnite or is No, it... I asked them that. I was like, does the game happen over a two week period? And they were like, What are you talking about? And I was like, A Fortnite is two weeks. I asked them that and the short answer as far as the children told me is no. Although I guess they could be lying to me, but I had to tell them what a Fortnite was first before they could understand. And then it... they said no. All right, but that's that. That's Buffy. For real though, how did Robin and Kendra know where to show up? slayer stuff so this episode is going to sound a little disjointed guys mostly because kind of like the last one yeah kind of like that um because we're dealing with three different titles that are interwoven in some ways but also happen very separately yeah they're not really narratively as linked as i thought they would have been when we started this venture but since we did the last one like this that didn't quite work we're gonna finish that bad idea great Moving on, Hellmouth number trois. Super. With Jordi Belair, Jeremy Lambert, and Eleonora Carlini, and Chris Peter. <laughs> you really stuck the landing on that one. I don't know if I pronounced Chris right. There's no H. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like in 30 Rock. Don't know. Never saw it. Anyway, so we're in the Hellmouth, as per usual. And Buffy and Angel are watching Drusilla all chained up and the Hell Mother is having an inner monologue. And all of a sudden... Who is the Hell Mother? Well, not Drusilla. Even though Drusilla, she's like, I thought I was, but I ain't. The Hell Mother reaches her claws down around Drusilla and creates an earthquake in the Hellmouth. So yeah, Buffy and Angel she, get separated she's and giant, run away. She's Godzilla size. She's like, the blood in the vessel. Should I put a voice effect on that? If you want. I used to do Illyria voice effects. We haven't had an Illyria in a while. Yeah, I forgot about that. You do whatever. Well, you, never li- your boat. you never listen to the show. Because I experience it. I live it. You were Illyria most of the time. I was Illyria like twice. <laughs> um, uh, back in the day. But for this one, uh, Buffy and Angel get separated by this 
earthquake uh, situation. They run away. And Buffy's like... Monty Python style. Run away! Should I kill Drusilla? And Angel's like, no, don't kill her. Uh, and so Buffy decides to keep Drew around to maybe help her out in the separation. It's weird. Yeah. Angel finds himself at the hut of a demon named Augie. I really liked Augie. Augie was fun. I, I did enjoy Augie. Augie is a seer of sorts, and he's like, Like an hey, augury? Did we talk about this? I think on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Editors Note Comics. $1 a month if you want to get spoiler-free and spoiler reviews of every issue of Buffy, Angel, and Firefly. An augury is another word for Also, we got a pretty s- solid, we got a good backlog at this point. Like, you could sign up for a month. Do we really? Well, it's going back to the Buffy Season 12 stuff. That's when we started it. It's like a million years ago. Yeah, so there's there's quite a few of these issues that you could just, look, sign up for a $1 for a month and get podcasts I'm never releasing to the main feed. I mean, we're all under social isolation now, so. Or are we when this comes out? Who knows? Is this going to come out like a week? Yeah. Yeah, we're still there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm off school definitely for two weeks, the, so. The, the patrons got it a week early. Hopefully we'll be on the tail end Our of social day isolation. Anyway. But so yeah, Angel meets this little demon named Augie. He's like, ah, oh, man, you're a vampire who wants to become a human, right? And Angel's like, what? He's like, yeah, dude, it's obvious. I'll tell you how, but you won't like it. You want a shanshu, but they don't use that term. They don't say that. They just say, you're not going to like it. It's going to be very bad. And it's very ominous how little tiny Augie is saying all this. Yeah. Here's the thing about this. Like. When the Shanshu is brought up in the show, it's a, it's a fun moment towards the end of season one. And by the end, I mean literally the last episode. These like angels kind of like, oh my god, like maybe maybe one day, like I'll get there. By the way, by the time the story ends, never got there. Spoiler. <laughs> but at this one, like three times, this little dude Augie, who's just this tiny little gnome of a demon, he like we see him say three separate times, he's like, "You can become human, but the way to get there." And then we cut away. Is a bad path and you won't like it. They say it so many times. I'm like, yeah, no, I get it. It's not great. Whatever he would need to do. Yes. But So yeah, they, they say it like three times. I'm like, yeah, no, great. Got it. I got it by the first one. But thank God you said it twice more. I also like that Augie's making some sort of demon stew that he keeps trying to offer to Angel. You want some? You want, you want these, some? These dead bodies? But meanwhile, Buffy is with Which Drus- Angel, yes, as a vampire does generally want to eat dead bodies. Yeah. But Buffy's with Drew and they go into this weird vision of Sunnydale where all the men are mean. Yes. They're mean boys. Controlled by something. And they all attack and Buffy's like, you're not my friends. And to be fair, the art is confusing. So anyway, Buffy and Drew fight well, back against all these also, like seriously, it's like- I don't quite know what's happening. Like evil versions of like Xander and Giles and Buffy's not stepdad like attacking. She just starts hucking a chain around and it's kind of confusing. One of Drew's chains. And there's tentacles and I'm going, is this Illyria? And Drew is helping. I'm not really sure of Drew's motivations here. Is she just in over her head so she just wants to roll with it? I don't know. But meanwhile, all these demons come and they find Augie's hut and they attack Angel. So Angel goes vamp face. And he murders everyone. It's like, I'm the best around. No one's ever gonna murder me. And then right at that moment, Buffy shows up with Angel still has literal blood on his hands. And vamp face. And he's like, no, Buffy, I... And to be fair, I like this reaction much better than when Buffy found out that Angel was a vampire in the show. Because in this version, she sees it and she just goes, don't touch me. Compared to when she found out on the show, which is just this really 
look, I know it's an iconic moment, but the scream that she does is super camp and super bad acting, and it's not great. I know it's iconic. It's no good. Let's just... Look, That's your professional let, let, Let's take it at face value. It's a bad reaction. And I much prefer Buffy being just going like, fuck off. Yeah. Also, it feels very Angel to not tell her and have her accidentally find out. Yeah, that's also weird. Why did he do that? Let's backtrack to 1996 when they filmed this, 97 for the release. Why would he go into vamp face because she kissed him or they kissed each other? Why is that his reaction? Bad reaction. That's, wait, like, that's not a way to lead into that conversation. This makes so much more sense. Moving on to Angel Number 8 by Brian Edward Hill, Gleb Melnikov, and Roman Titov. Titov. Man, I'm bad at this. <laughs> I'm so sorry to everybody who's listening and just cringing. Yeah, me too. So Angel, just like how Buffy didn't actually have Buffy in it, Angel doesn't have Angel in it. Angel for me is a book that's firing on all cylinders. Yeah, I think that... I don't notice the lack of Angel in Angel as much as I notice the lack of Buffy in Buffy. Does that make sense? Yeah. We see Fred through the years. She's very smart, but she's very socially awkward. I like this. Um, it's a nine panel grid. We see Fred growing up. We see her going through different phases from being a young girl to being a kind of a goth chick. Boo. And it's all people talking at her. To being in an insane asylum. To being in Wolfram and Hart, where she's being courted by Lila and Baphomet. We see Spike and Gun, or Gunny, as this book calls him. But they go to Angel's house, and Gun's like, don't you need to be invited in? Which is weird, because previously, in the old continuity, vampires didn't need to be invited into vampires' homes. Oh, so, interesting. So that's a bit of a change. Interesting. But Spike's like, yeah, Angel invited me in here and told me to never come back to L.A., so I guess but you can't. So you can't uninvite, evidently. Not without a spell, at least in the old way. I mean, it sounds like it here too, because if he banished him from L.A., but yet he was still invited into his house, it so, works. So Spike just punches the floor. He's like, "Look, Angel has weapons down here. I'm just going to punch the floor until there's an entrance." Which you know what worked. They went down. They got their weapons. You know, I have a little bit of an issue with this because Gun takes like a twelve foot jump down. His knees are fine. My bigger issue is how do they get out? Gravity's going to get you down, but how are you going to get out? Gun has a good vertical. I don't know. I just that was that was what my question was. Maybe there's a ladder down there. Maybe they found the actual way to get down to this basement room. But we find out that Angel is a pretty terrible vampire human person thing. Well, uh, we already knew that. Maybe we already we, knew that. But he, Gun he has this out. weird Game of Thrones mask down there, or like a mask from the. 2000 film gladiator thank you for specifying the year for us just in case we lost that maximus aurelius just in case just in case we were wondering i haven't seen that movie in 15 years i'm pulling that out of my ass i've never seen that movie oh uh, we should do that spike to be fair in all the series so far spike has my favorite line in this issue that we've seen i know uh gun asks uh he goes so angel hates you and spike responds he hates his own reflection when you're a vampire you make people your mirrors i remember when you read that the first time because you stopped and you were you read it out loud to me i was just like oh man that's a good laugh and you read it like three times you kept like going back to it well that's just stripping things down to what they are i, I love stripping things down it is a good line it is also a very spike line everything about it hits yeah and guns like tell me about angel's past and spike's like nah not my story though which 
I like. He's like, if there's an embarrassing story about Angel, I'm going to tell you. Right. But if it's a story about like murder and mayhem, like. I like Spike's brand of of petty in this world where he's petty, but at the same time, he has no interest in telling other people's stories. He's like, find a weapon you know how to use. Spike gets a sword and Gun gets some nunchucks. He's like, you don't know how to use those. And Gun then. He's like, they're nunchaku, and I do. Yes. I also like that Spike calls them nunchucks instead of nunchucks. Oh, they get out by a ladder, by the way. Angel has a ladder down there for this hole that Spike punched in the floor. There has to be a real way to get out of that. That's convenient. There's just a ladder there that's the same size as the hole that Spike punched. What are the chances? Well, there must be a way to actually get down to the storeroom. So I'm going to say that the ladder was there for whatever trapdoor situation Angel had. He just didn't find the trapdoor. And then Wolfram and Hart show up and probably the best start of this. They riddle Spike with bullets. Yeah. Spike protects gun, kind of pushes them under a table out of the way. And then he, I, I love like the backlit, like Spike just getting lit up. Yes. And Spike's like, don't time to murder. Yep. So he murders everybody. And then he tells gun it's time to clean up. He looks like a badass though. Like post murder. Like look at that panel. It's like, He's got all the bullet holes, but some blood dripping. Just like he's in shadow, kind of like it is a really cool panel, at like forty-five degree angle, looking over the shoulder. Spike looks like a badass. Yes, this is a very cool panel. And Gun looking like a total nerd. He's just like waving a steak around. He's like, don't have vampire face. Spike gets over. It. He's like, ah, nah, they're all dead, and I'm good. So they clean up the massive angel's house that they made. Spike apparently knows a little bit of magic in this world because he summons demons to eat everyone. Yes. And then they- Still painting his fingernails like it's the mid-90s. Grab Angel's car to head into town, I guess? Something interesting about this version is Spike doesn't know how to drive. Yeah. Yes. I also thought that was interesting that Spike, not only does he not know how to drive, but he's like totally fine with it. Zero interest. He definitely knew how to drive in the last series. Also, though, just like in the show, Angel has a convertible, which is dumb for a vampire. Well, he's a bit of a masochist. Dumb for a vampire. But it continues in this one. And they go over to Wolfram and Hart, where they find Fred surrounded by dead bodies and puddles of blood. Just like what Spike left. She's like, did I do this? And they're like, Gun's like, I don't know. I don't think you did. And Spike's like, you're you're the only one alive and you're covered in blood. So it feels like yes. And they leave the like Wolfram and Hart has a target on the back of all of our heads and spikes like, well, I'm the hero now. I think I'm going to hang out in L.A. from now on. Spike for days. So that's how we get Spike to join our L.A. band, which actually feels fairly organic. I don't know if we made it come off that way, but it does not feel inorganic to me. Yeah, I don't mind it at all. I mean, I've. You also love Spike and Spike and Angel particularly together. I mean, Spike over on the Buffy side of things is fine, but I feel like he definitely shines more on the Angel side of things. So, yeah, definitely. I think his character has more fun on the Angel side of things. Compared to like, I'm in love with you. Why won't you love me back? Right. The yes. poet inside of me. Like, yeah, just, no, I prefer him being a snarky dick. Yeah, the star-crossed lover thing gets, it happens, but then. Snark. You would rather listen to snark. Pro snark. Yeah. But that's it for that. And now we are moving on. So we cut back over to Buffy where we see Robin, Kendra, and Rose all in the. The tuna Yeah, fast food tuna tuna place 
What a terrible business model. What? I don't know if we've really harped on that enough, but gross and smelly. No, it's just like, I think it's kind of like Popeye's. I've never been to a Popeye's. Don't they serve fish? Sandwiches? No, chicken. Chicken is their claim to fame. Oh, what am I thinking of? Long John Silver's. Gross. Again, we don't have them in Maine. We Guys, all... come on up to Maine because we don't really have things. We live like 10 miles away from a Popeye's. Do we really? Yes. Where? Off of uh, 51. I've legitimately never se- I don't know where 51 is either. I've legitimately never seen this. Do we live in the same place? Yeah, when we're merging 295-95, it's right off of that rest stop. It's right there. There's a Popeye's? Yes. Huh. I don't feel the need to go to the rest stop that's like 10 miles away from us, but yeah, it's right there. I had no idea. Yeah. Huh. That is 51, right? Who cares? No we one cares. We don't have Long John Silvers anyway. No, we don't. That we don't. But they're enjoying themselves some not Popeye's, and Robin thinks that Buffy is dead because Kendra's been called. And so everybody's kind of freaking out. Robin's real veiny, still just sweaty. Sweaty. He, he's so wet. Um, he's unpleasant to look at and be around. I like that Rose and Kendra are bonding, and I like that we get some more about Rose, that she's more she's more than just Willow's girlfriend. Like, we actually get her as a character in her own right. And I also like that we find out more about Kendra in her own right. So and she's also, not just, like, the other Slayer that shows up like we got in the show. And how unlikable Robin is. Like, they get along. He's like, God, stop hitting on each other. Like, I don't even think that was on the table, but you're being real... Real nasty about it. You're an unlikable fellow. Yes. Um, Kendra and Rose, however, are perfectly charming. And I know we're doing this whole thing. We're like getting the, along. The, and... the men are jerks, but I have yet to be endeared to Robin in this series. Like everything he does, I'm like, ah, you're so unlikable. To be fair, I guess we did know him before the Hellmouth opened up, didn't we? Yeah, he's so veiny. Yeah. I don't know. I. He's like, you're not my mom. My mom was a slayer, and we had some kind of bad relationship, apparently. I quite like Kendra and Rose. We see Xander and Willow are patrolling in a graveyard. They're not trying that hard. They're just out there. Oh, something about Willow and not Willow. Something about Rose and Kendra back there again. Kendra just straight up is like, I'm the Slayer. Let me tell you everything about what it means to be a Slayer. And I like that she's like, we don't really have time to pretend like I'm not. So <laughs> I like, yeah, Rose I just, is like, isn't re- this a secret? She's like, things are wild. I like that she just <laughs> kind of throws it out on the table because obviously it makes so much more sense than being like, this is still a secret. Anyway, sorry, back to the graveyard. Xander, wearing a terrible shirt. Sideways stripes, no one's friend. I'm knitting a sweater with sideways stripes right now, guys. It's going to be great. I told you. You know what? I think it's going to be great. They just make people look round. Well, maybe I want to be round. Like a little marshmallow. (laughs) I don't care what your physique is. You just look round with sideways stripes. Anyway. Up and down, that's the way to go. Or black. Black is thinning. (laughs) Thank you for Zach's fashion tips. (laughs) (laughs) That's why Zach wears black a lot. Also, no, you wear black because you spill things on yourself. Let's be super honest. There's also that. That is 1000% the real answer. As your laundress, I appreciate it. You do a lot of the laundry. I was going to say. Like, but if you have a stain, you're always like, look, like. We're not here to discuss our laundry habits, but I do easily half of the laundry. You do. But you do more. You do give me the stains. I do give you the stains. I'm like, I don't know, I don't know what happened here. <laughs> Dinner, man. (laughs) (laughs) Dinner was a rough one. Anyway, back to Xander yelling. Yeah, Xander and Willow are patrolling, but Xander's being a real jerk about everything, and Willow calls him a baby butt. Yeah. I do like that in the middle of all of this, Willow's like, why are we fighting? And Xander goes, I don't know. I can't even remember. I like that Xander is the only one who's kind of conscious that 
something weird is happening to the men. And things are falling apart. He's like, I feel more comfortable as a vampire than I do in regular face. And I and I like that he's conscious of all of this, and I like that he's the one that's making these connections. It makes sense as well, but... But before they can come to a resolution, Kendra jumps in. She's like, die, vampire! Which also makes sense. She smacks him around a bit, and she has Mr. Pointy. Oh, look, a callback to the show. I like that callback. That's a good one. I, I, I enjoyed the weird steak that would be terrible at stabbing. And then Xander's like, the soul tastes like strawberries. I'm like, another callback. Hooray! Yeah, so Robin's like, no, I promise Xander's fine. He's just half human, half vampire right now. I'm so veiny. And not from like, I was just lifting kind of way. Like, you know, if you were trying to like pop your muscles a bit and you like down a quick water and then you're just lifting as hard as you can to make the muscles in the veins pop a bit. And then you're going to go off to a party. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. One time my friends and I had a party where we all wore sweatpants and watched Heath Ledger movies, like that kind of a party. To be fair, the only time I did that was for a toga party because you just wanted to, you know, pop as much as you could. We had very different. I mostly wore bedding. It was mostly bedding. It was like two. It's bl- what everybody wears for a toga party, but it was a sheet and a blanket. You and I had very different college experiences. So everybody's like, "Don't attack Xander," and Kendra just does not believe them. But for some reason, she. Leaves him alone for half a second. And finally, Robin spills the beans that Buffy must be dead if Kendra's here. Yeah, and he cries a bit. He, I mean, he's already so wet and moist. And now he's just adding liquid to the liquid. Yeah, and everybody's distraught, understandably, when all of a sudden things take an extra turn for the worse when... Robin's crying turns into now Robin's evil and all the men are evil. Yeah, and... Xander's the last one to kind of resist because he's only half human. So I don't know how that helps him resist because you'd think that that would make it him more susceptible. But for some reason, it makes him less susceptible. So I appreciate that. Yeah. There's an army of Sunnydale men. They're going to be jackasses for the most part. Yeah. They're in service of the Hell Mother. And then all of a sudden, who comes to save the day but Anya in a white pantsuit. She, I do like that this version of I Anya do like is the just about, yeah, she's all like, she comes in swinging a croquet mallet. With a pantsuit. I just, I'm really enjoying Anya. I know some of the standouts from these ones, Um, I like Rose, Kendra, and Anya. I like our minor characters becoming more realistic. I, I do like Anya just hitting Robin. She's like, great. I have to fight teenagers to save the world again. And I just like the idea of being exasperated by teenagers as a man who is exasperated by teenagers. As a man who today had to ask me how old he is. I forgot. 32 is the answer. (laughs) Anyway. It wasn't 33. I couldn't remember. Also, most people think that they're younger than they are. Just like you get used to one age. I forgot. You got used to an older age. (laughs) I guess if you're curious about my age was, I'm 32. We all remember now. (sighs) Yeah, I I feel like Anya just coming in literally with a croquet mallet. Croquet, not a great game. I love croquet. It's fine. I love croquet. Yeah, that's that's Buffy. That's Buffy. So when we jump back over to the Hellmouth. Hellmouth number four, number four of five. So we find out, obviously, that Buffy, whatever realm she's in, she must be somewhat dead. But I think it's just a case of she's in a different plane of existence. So they're like. She's not on this plane. That counts as. Not on the plane. Yeah. So we're getting a, a new that's one. That's why we're getting Kendra. And also Angel's book is done now. And, you know, as of recording with coronavirus, Angel's book is extra super duper done. Yeah. We get some inner monologue in Hellmouth number four from the Hell Mother. And we also, if you remember 
from four minutes ago. Um, Buffy just found out that Angel's a vampire. So we start off with that reaction. Angel's like, let me explain. I'm tortured. I have a soul. And Buffy is furious. And again, I think we said this in the Patreon one, but this reaction feels so much more realistic than the Buffy reaction in the show. Because this Buffy reaction is like, get away from me. Uh, If you come after me, I will kill you because you are a vampire. I don't trust you at all because you're a vampire. That all is a much more reasonable reaction. Angel being Angel is just, I hate myself. uh, I'm such a martyr. You can't hate me as much as I hate me. Please. That's true. It's a bit of a whiner. So Buffy's like, oh, this is why you didn't want to kill Drusilla. And Drusilla's like, he is an excellent sire and teacher. He's like, shut up. Not helping. And we also find out that Drew <laughs> has no idea what's going on down there, but just, just been pretending this whole time to like get how, Buffy to keep her alive. I like how Buffy's like, you know what? At least she's telling the truth. And Angel's like, my God. Uh, things are not coming up Millhouse for me. No. No, they aren't. We also get Augie, who shows up in this one. So Augie- I told you what you needed to know. Yeah, Augie, I can't tell if he's trying to save them from the Hellmother or if he's being taken over by the Hellmother. He pieces out. But Buffy separates- Until he explodes. Yeah, he explodes. And Buffy separates from Angel. uh, She's like, don't follow me. I'm just going to do this on my own. Which maybe not your best idea in a Hellmouth. And Angel, doing that Angel thing that he always does, just likes to scream people's names. Buffy! We know, dude. Yeah. To be fair, that's a, I know it's not an intentional carryover from the old world, but it is what he does. He just yells people's names. So Buffy is now separated, and she comes across a new person who is actually Buffy. Buffy. And it's not quite clear what's happening here, because this Buffy is not trying to kill other Buffy. She says she's a version of her that already existed, who failed, and she lost everything, which makes me like open up my mind like is there you know i know that the old universe is dead but we're opening up the idea of a multiverse now like could we see og buffy how cool would that be i'd like it but meanwhile angel is taken over by the hell mother shooting fire from his eyes he gets really long hair he yells buffy and he starts to come after her to kill her yeah i don't know i don't know what's up with this other buffy it's kind of unclear is she evil is she good what's up with her but other Buffy walks into a lake. Yeah, and then Angel emerges, possessed by the Hell Mother, and he just looks like Sephiroth. So everybody's falling apart. Like he does, really. You don't know who that is. He's also wearing very slim-fitting pants. So Sephiroth, look for all you Final Fantasy VII nerds out there. Good game, fun times. I feel like we've talked about this. We have in the Patreon exclusive ones, Patreon.com/slash/editorsnotecomics. But yeah, Sephiroth. He just looks like Sephiroth, a hundred percent. He has his long silver hair, his tight pants, his unnecessary swagger, a deep V. Well, there you go. He doesn't have the sword that's like three times the length of his body, but you know we're getting there. I wouldn't actually be that shocked if he finds one. Yeah, because he lo- that's all he is. But yeah, so that's literally the penultimate issue of Hellmouth. How's it going to end? I don't know. Hang out for ten minutes. You'll find out. So back over on Buffy, we see that Anya is gloating over her victory of hitting Robin in the head. Yeah. I, I don't know. I was just, just surveying the scene. And she's like, oh, we can all get away now. And basically the whole gang is like, how? She's like, I don't know. We'll let them all fight amongst themselves because they're not a very productive army. Yes. In fact, they are a mindless hive mind. I was confused. <laughs> And then she finds the vault that she meant to find on that side of the graveyard, which just happens to be a secret tunnel. 
Yeah, with the croquet mallet. Super convenient. Can you open a vault with a croquet mallet? She can. You just Evidently. Got, you just got to tap it right. Evidently. And everyone is a little concerned, like, who is this strange woman? But maybe we should follow her. Right, because the only connection that these guys have had, Buffy went to Anya to get the soul tie, yeah. but nobody went with her. We go see that Cordelia also works at the Tunaverse. Gross. Still like it's a gross restaurant. They called out of this issue, too, as a gross restaurant. Who else do we know that works at the Tunaverse? Buffy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Yes, the Tunaverse is a gross restaurant, and Cordy works there. Although, I really quite like this. Yeah, she's hanging out with Rose. Yes, and... Post-attack. Post-attack. And Cordy's very much upfront about the fact that she's working there to save money to go to LA to go be a model slash actress. Seems very familiar, but... Oh, the way you're looking at me, I'm like, that was my dream? No, because you <laughs> love Angel. <laughs> like, you remember my dream of going to LA and being a model slash... At- whatever, model slash... Slash. Slash. Actress. Um, well, I got real Connery on that. You did audition for a couple things. Yeah. Here in Maine, though. It didn't go anywhere. It almost went somewhere. You got a call back. Yeah. A couple the, times. The part got cut. But we're not so what we're here for. Anyway. Um, but I like, I like that Cordy in this version is much more down to earth about how this would actually happen instead of just, I'm going to magically disappear to LA. Also, I'd be a terrible young Ed Harris. I don't look anything like Ed Harris. Not at all, especially now that you're old enough that we can see how you look as an adult. One, I was taller than him back then. Two, the noses. I think we have a similar grumpy attitude, though. You do have a button nose. I never really considered if Ed Harris has a button nose. He does not. He has a better nose than I. I like your button nose. But they go down to the secret tunnel after Cordelia and Rose have their kind of heart-to-heart. And we find out some information, like, why Kendra is there. Yeah, Annie doesn't think Buffy's dead, but Buffy has gone to a plane that is something other than the mortal plane, so another Slayer was called to Sunnydale. And something really interesting gets brought up, the powers that be make yeah. an appearance here. She says that she has a direct line to them, which is interesting, so is she getting visions? I don't know, maybe. And she does say something that's kind of confusing, because she says the powers that be wouldn't have it any other way for there to be two Slayers. But then she says that the powers that be don't actually have any power to make things happen. They just observe from up above. So it's a little unclear what the powers are of the powers that be. But it's also it sounds like there's more than one Slayer because Ani's like, I thought you knew there was more than one, but you were only called here because Buffy's on a different plane. So a little unclear to me still. But Willow's all excited because it means that Buffy's probably not dead. But hey, you want to know where this um, secret tunnel leads? Might it be the last place we'd expect? The Tunaverse. I think uh, Cordelia and Rose are still in there, you know, chatting it up. Cordelia closes the st- uh, the restaurant and someone starts banging on the outside, like veins popping out of their head, like just yelling. And she's like, hey, close sign. Get out of here. <laughs> I liked. But then turns out it's all of the men in the town and they start banging their heads against the glass. They really want that drive through tuna. And at that moment, our intrepid tunnel goers (laughs) burst up through the floor and they end up in Tunaverse land. Anya casts um, a spell real fast or uses something that does it for her. I can't tell which. But she says shields up, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Either way, they do a protective shield. And then things get a little weird and I'm kind of confused by them. Well, we find out that Anya has hid all of her weapons in the Tunaverse for some reason. 
Because no one wants to go there because it's gross and smelly. Yes. And so we get all the weapons. Including a dagger that Anya gives to Willow and she, Willow's like, I'm not sure if I'm ready. And Anya's like, hey, you're ready. Right. And this is when things get a little confusing for me. Uh, Willow goes like full witch, but she starts freaking out. She's in pain. And Xander's like, why is she in pain? And Anya's like, it's painful to be human, but you need a whole soul to do this. Also, what is she? I don't know what she's doing. Is this like unlocking her power? I don't know either. It's we've never seen this dagger before, as far as I can tell. We've never seen Willow really be a witch before, although clearly she Anya knows that she has the power to do it. I feel like I'm missing a piece. Like, does Willow know Anya? Have they met in some other context? But unclear what is really going on with Willow, but apparently Xander needs to give the soul tie back. Which he does, and they have a callback of Xander, like, reaching out to Willow, like, saying, if Willow's sick, I want to be sick, too, which is what they would say to each other when they were kids. Xander gives it back, and he dies. Okay, that's not actually clear. (laughs) Somehow. Yes, it is. Xander gives it back, and we don't know what happens to him. Well, he's a pile of dust. And then, in the next issue, they explicitly say he's dead. They say he's gone. They don't say he's dead. He's a pile of dust. It's a little odd. It's also odd because... It doesn't seem to do much. It's just kind of like there's this one blast. It doesn't seem to actually kill anyone or take anyone out. They all still seem evil. So whatever this was seems pointless. Meanwhile, Jenny Calder also rides in on Buffy's gigantic bat friend that's supposed to help the Slayer. Her I can't remember what he... Patronus or something. Not her Patronus. Not Harry Potter. His name's like Chamomile Tea or something. Something like that, but with some Zs in there. There's like two Zs in the middle of it. Camelzots. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, the Xander thing is a little confusing. So Willow's fully human again, but Xander is a pile of dust, and they're sad about it as they escape on the back of a giant bat. Except for Xander, who needs to be vacuumed up. Gross. What's he going to do with it? I don't know. Scatter it to the winds? Ew, his ashes smell like tuna. How do you know that? Because he's in a fast food tuna joint. You don't have a good sense of smell to begin with. And I don't want to smell that. But I guess Xander's dead. And I don't, I mean, I'll believe it when I see it, I guess. I mean, he's dead for right now, but at the same time, like in their first year of doing these books, like we're swinging big and we're going to kill one of the main characters. Like, eh, maybe. I don't really believe you. Yeah. I, I don't know. It feels like the soul tie, losing the soul tie shouldn't kill Xander. It should just make him into a vampire, like a full vampire. There's also such a weird fast transition of things. It's like, Willow lost half her soul, or they needed, no, yeah, Willow lost half her soul giving it to Xander because he was turned into a vampire. Well, now he's not a vampire anymore. Now he's dead. Willow has her whole soul back. I'm like, there's only a couple of issues. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. But that's the end of Buffy, and we move on to Hellmouth Part 5, the final Hellmouth. Yes. So, if you guys remember from, like, three minutes ago when we said all this, Angel is now being possessed by the hell mother or hell mom ew okay that is like my least favorite part of all of this ever i do like the it it was very classic buffy uh they have the hell mother speaking like these big like dramatic speeches buffy's just like shut up punches her yes it's very buffy yes but then buffy calls her the hell mom clearly just to annoy her but it annoys me anyway (laughs) it's not very helpful but true and just when things are looking dire well, they fight for a bit, and then maybe Drusilla's dead. Well, Drew shows up, first of all. Drew shows up with Augie, yeah. my new fave. <laughs> and 
Drusilla's like, it was supposed to be like my thing to have the Hellmother inhabit me. And Angel slash the Hellmother goes, nah. And he tosses her into a lake, which might kill her. It's some kind of hell lake. Yes. So it maybe goes Drus- on forever, evidently. Kind of like Xander. Drusilla's maybe dead. Who knows? Yes. But Augie is still here, which is always a positive. And again, when things are looking dire, they fight more. The Hellmother keeps saying how she's going to destroy everything that Buffy loves. When who comes riding in? Everybody. On chamomile tea. Oz. <laughs> yeah. Oz. Yes. So they all start fighting. That My is a favorite big bat. That is part, room though. For Kendra and Anya and Cordelia and Willow and Rose, whose hair has grown about a foot in about two minutes. I never noticed how many of them ended in ah. Uh, Kendra, Anya, Cordelia, Willow. Those three, really. But R- Rosa. Jenny. Uh. <laughs> Jenny. Wow. It didn't quite get there, but didn't, didn't quite get there. But my favorite part is the newfound friendship between Kurasmatas and Augie. And he says, big creature help little creature. And it's my favorite. He's like, do a wing punch. What other kind of a punch? He only has one kind of punch. But it's a good one. Cordelia's riding in. She's riding high because she thinks that she's unconscious. And she really enjoys murdering things. Like, we see her cracking things across the skull. And, like, blood is spraying everywhere. And she's just, like, laughing hysterically. She's like, ha, 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 But it, I do enjoy that, where she goes, uh, I hit my head yesterday at Tuniverse, and I must still be laying on the ground unconscious. I also like how everyone has, like, oh, like, Kendra has a sword. Ani has a bow and arrow. Willow and Rose. Swords, axes. Cordelia. Big stick. <laughs> Well, you know, details, details. And they all come in, strike a pose, including Augie. I love Augie. And they fight, including Buffy and Angel. They fight some more. He's about to stab her, but Chalamet steps in. Oh my gosh, so many things are wrong with that. Number one, nowhere Zots. near that. No, <laughs> number I'm not, two. I'm not learning the name. Timothy Chalamet's last name ends with an A sound, Chalamet. Not an N at the end. Uh, anyway. I I don't really follow the boy. You just watched a whole movie with him. I did. That's all. I think that's the only thing I've ever seen him in, I think. Right? I don't know. You see a lot of random things. And Willow's down there. She's like, hey, I now have the power to unpossess Angel. And Buffy's like, cool, so do that. Where'd you get that power? She's like, I don't know. There's a thing with a knife and Xander's dead. Yeah, it's all... I don't know if the knife has anything to do with it. I don't think it does. But then, uh, because Angel is resisting the Hell Mother versus Drusilla, who wanted to take it in, Willow and Angel together. I mean, Angel gets the assist on this one, but you know, Willow gets the bucket. I'm sorry that basketball is not <laughs> happening right now. Damn coronavirus. The Hell Mother leaves Angel's body, and Buffy tackles her into the lake that Drusilla is in, and that Buffy from earlier pops up, and no, the other Buffy. Yes. And no so one now- knows what the hell she's about. So now second Buffy and Drew are on either side of the Hellmother as they're falling through this eternal lake. Yeah, and they drag her down somewhere. So we won, kind of. Kind of. And Chloroform, the giant bat, wants to kill Angel. Chloroform. I hope hope I can stop. (laughs) I didn't realize how long I was going to keep doing this, and I hope I don't have to do it again. I hope he goes away now. No, I kind of love him. And Angel's fine. He just has a hangover. Yes. Cut to later. All the men in town are back to normal, and Buffy and Willow are sad that Xander is dead. Yes, and Giles, as can be expected, is terribly distraught about everything that's happened so far. He's blaming himself. I mean, he probably should. It feels like it's something he should have caught, but whatever. He didn't. 
And uh, he's blaming himself for not only all of the men but Xander. going through their thing, Xander. It also feels weird. He hasn't known Buffy for that long. He's like openly weeping in front of her and hoping to get like comforted from a 16-year-old. It's interesting that you bring this up because I was going to bring it up a little bit later in this. There's only like a couple pages left, but when we get there. I don't know. feels unprofessional. Buffy leaves the library and her and Willow are talking. And Willow says that because Xander's dead, she's leaving to go study abroad for some number of months, unknown how many. Also, where? Abroad. Great. But this is what I was going to say, is that as she's leaving, she's like, Buffy, I'll always love you, but I need to go. They haven't known each other for that long. Yeah, but they've been through some stuff. They have. They have. They went to hell together. They fought Spike and Drusilla. You're right. I guess... Buffy saved her life. This feels more... I don't know. It just... It just seemed like a very strong sentiment. The the Willow Xander stuff where, you know, they've been friends literally for their whole lives and they're heartbroken. And it even makes sense to me that Willow wants to get out of Sunnydale for a while. I would totally understand that. Yeah, that place sucks. I think everybody should probably get out of Sunnydale. But I don't know. That just struck me as, as a little quick. I think it's fine. All, I mean, also, clearly the book is relying on your knowledge of previous things, where those relationships are there, and hey, just accept them. Okay, works for me. Then we get epilogue number two? Sure. Two of three. We just went through number one. Epilogue the second. Giles shows up in Anya's place. Boy, she is... There's a lot going on with her. She's like, hey, I was twice a demon. Am I now? Probably not. Also, I was a watcher like a million years ago, but then I didn't want to be, so I could save up a bunch of stuff. And also, we have a lot of secret meetings. Also, powers that be talk to me. Also. That is a lot. Anya really likes Christmas and decorates early. That's, that's all. Look, it is. Also, al- Anya has a lot of maps. We're almost done with April. There's still a lot of Christmas decorations up in this state, and it drives me wild. Where do you see Christmas decorations? People's houses. Who do you drive by? Where do you go that you see people's houses with Christmas decorations? <laughs> Mystery roads. Oh, great. No, just driving home. Oh. So right I now I go to work them. and then I go home. Those are the two places I go. Well, I go to the grocery store and then I go home. But yeah, they're talking about that. Yeah, Anya has a lot of maps that she reveals showing that there isn't just this Hellmouth. There's a bunch of other Hellmouths and a bunch of other dimensions. Maybe that's where that Buffy came from. Another dimension. Maybe it's connected through Hellmouths. Oh, I bet you're right. Maybe that's how you get to places. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. It's a real dark tower. Is it? But, <laughs> but oh man, they have to worry about other dimensions. And also, the Slayer that died before Buffy, Giles is like, or the Slayer that was called before Buffy and Giles is like, but I thought she was dead. And then Anya looks in the camera. She's like, or Not was she? Ca- <laughs> Not the camera. Looks like the reader, I guess. Generally reproduced as, I mean, we're looking through a lens of sort. Just call it a camera. Okay, fine. She's like, or was she? Dun, dun, dun. And then the credits happen. And so you think that the book is done. It's not. Epilogue (laughs) the third. (laughs) So we see a girl and a boy in a deserted restaurant. We know who. It's Buffy and Xander. We see Buffy and Xander. Xander's not a vampire. He doesn't have that weird grayish tint to him. He has two eyes. So he's doing great. It's really his best Xander self right now. And we see that Buffy and Xander have known each other for years, which is odd. And then they leave the bar that Buffy's tending. Which is called Light Beers Away. I love a good pun. I would never go there. I know. Light beer. Gross. Get it out of here. But also, not the point. The pun is the point. Yeah, but I can't support it. Great. So they're walking out of this pub after Buffy 
closes up for the night. And she's attacked by a vampire. And she's like, oh my god, a vampire! But instead, someone kills it. Beats its ass. Stakes it to death. And it turns out, it's Willow. In another dimension, Willow's the Slayer. And she's super into leather. Very Catwoman-esque. She's got those combat boots, leather pants, leather jacket. That's the end of the leather. <laughs> leather belt. Found one more. It's a lot of leather, to be fair. So... I think you're yeah. right. I think that other Buffy is from another dimension. So that's what we see. We see leathery Willow from another dimension, and that's probably <gasps> where we're going. Willow said she's studying abroad. Do you think she's studying abroad in another dimension? Possibly. That feels like a very Willow thing to do. <laughs> she's done that kind of thing before. I'm going to go abroad slash dimension hopping. Mm. I'm going to go find Xander in another dimension. Maybe she goes. Fi- she finds Xander in a world where all... Um, Buffy and Willow are dead or something. And she's like, you're the only one left. Come on. <laughs> That's just a Rick and Morty episode. Oh. Like, they go around dimensions and they completely ruin their own one. So they have to go to a dimension where the two of them, like, just died. And then they just take their place. Huh. So maybe Buffy is going to just have a Rick and Morty plot. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe we should write in. Or we do this. This is fine. Oh, yeah. People listen to this. I guess that works. <laughs> we do have another way of <laughs> communicating su- thoughts about a, this. A surprising number of people listen to this. Thanks, guys. Um, but yeah, Hellmouth. They kind of wanted to finish up their first year of Buffy with a bang. I mean, they rolled out a ton of characters and then doing kind of the first big cross. I mean, they're like the first Buffy and Angel crossover. Like they crossed over plenty, but it was the first time like under one roof. It was a multi-title kind of deal. Yeah. So that way you were the first crossover. Also the first extended crossover. Because we've talked before when they crossed over whatever time that whatever season that was where they worked together i don't remember what season it was it was when do you know what i'm talking about yeah you guys probably don't that wasn't very clear when angel's like let's go kill um archaeus yes all i could think was the pillars in the basement yeah and then they all just separate again before he's actually defeated they're just like okay guys that was a good first battle thanks bye (laughs) and i'm like where are you going that doesn't make sense None of you have real jobs that you have to go back to. You're just, your one job is to kill this monster. You didn't. And then you're just like, well, that was fun. Maybe next time. Yeah. This, so at least, yeah, it does have a good ending. Even though the three titles felt like a lot for this. As, or, to, or to call it like as such, like the angel stuff was barely connected. The Buffy stuff felt like it was treading water a lot. So just, I I don't know, if I were, I would just say, while it was enjoyable, I would say a streamlined version probably would have worked a bit better. I think its greatest strength was being able to show us the timeline of all of this. Because I think that a lot of the Buffy stuff hinged on us realizing how long Buffy had been gone. Yeah. And hinged on us realizing how much the world needed a Slayer and Buffy wasn't there. And she kept not being there. And that was really interesting. And I thought it was a really bold move to pull both Buffy and Angel out of their titled books to put them in this other book. So that was kind of clever. That being said, as you guys can probably tell from our overview of the arc, it's hard to piece it all together. It's hard to keep it all straight. It's easier when you read it all at once, by the way. If you've been reading it issue by issue, month by month, it is definitely easier if you put it all together. Yeah. You know. A good first attempt at this. It's a def- it was a big undertaking, and they definitely wanted to give it like a. Fi- it definitely feels like a finale. Yeah. And to wrap up their first year, that feels appropriate. Yes, definitely. It was definitely a successful season. 
year. Yeah. Run. Pilot. Still going. So definitely solid. Yeah. Tip of the hat. Better than we could do. <laughs> you mean we couldn't do better than an entire team of people? No, we couldn't. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, that's probably it for this. Yeah. So we will be back. In the meantime, if you want to write us an email, you could do that at editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. You're on Twitter. I am. It's fine. I'm barely on it anymore. Follow me just so I get the fun numbers boost at Editors Note Comics. <laughs> I was going to say, just, just find you, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, look for me. Just anywhere. In the grocery store. On the road. <laughs> Those are your two places. I, I guess. Right now, we're, we're corona so I'm really just going to work and going home. As I'm sure all of you are. Yeah. Uh, good luck. Yes. We hope that you're all staying safe. <laughs> all right. We will be back. Bye.